Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, I'm going to spend this episode with you and discuss a topic that I would call followership. And if I could title this episode for you, it would be called Follow the Leader. I want us to all go back in our minds to a very special time in our school career. That's right, kindergarten. We all have experienced kindergarten. And wasn't it special when we were assigned as the line leader, when we made that classroom journey into the hallway to go to lunch or use the bathroom or go outside, being the line leader was so important. And all it meant was we were first or maybe even got to hold the teacher's hand. But this concept of leadership, quite frankly, is a big deal in our society today. I want to reminisce just about two incredible presidential leaders that we talk about. And there's many, most of, of our presidents, maybe all of them. Uh, but I want to highlight George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And these are two great leaders in our nation's history. But if you're not a presidential person and you want, maybe you're a sports person. Now, I'm here to tell you I love uh, professional sports. I'm kind of all things Chicago, but if you're listening in, I have to admit that the Dallas Cowboys are my, that, that is my favorite football team. But when I think about college sports, and if, if you want to get to know me, you'll know that I love Notre Dame football and IU basketball, Indiana University. Even though I love IU basketball, one of the greatest leaders of all time is Mike Krzyzewski. And he did not Coach IU, okay, I'm not going to mention his college because it's a little hard for me to say out loud, but I will say that he's recognized in many circles as a great leader. You know, leadership is a powerful concept. There are, are graduate degrees in this topic of leadership. In fact, m my master's degree uh, includes leadership. You know, one of the signs of success in the workplace is that you would be a, have the position of a team lead. Or maybe in sports, you would be a leader and you've heard the phrase that that person's a great leader in the locker room. So this idea of leadership is powerful in our country. 
When I think about that, I want to talk about something that's a little bit different than leadership, and it's the word discipleship. Discipleship includes two key components. One is is the basics of the faith. It's, it's, it's knowing about the faith. It's knowledge. So discipleship includes knowledge or knowing something, but it also includes practicing your faith or practicing something. But what's intriguing to me is discipleship, which is about knowing and practicing truth. In many congregations, discipleship has morphed into a Christian version of leadership development. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I am a leader. I love leaders. I love leadership. I develop leaders. I, I work with the charity, New Normal Coaching, that we provide professional and leadership development for pastors and Christian leaders. But I want you to be clear today by understanding that discipleship is not leadership development. In fact, it's, a, it's exactly the opposite. Discipleship is about followership development. So discipleship is not leadership development, it's followership development. Personal development and personal growth is important, but personal development must take a back seat to the Christian path of followership. And, and here's where I, I come up with some of this thinking. It's, it's from Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 records Jesus when he said, follow me. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So when I think about this, I want to talk about this just for a moment. This idea of following Jesus is a New Testament reality. Jesus said the idea is to follow me, to follow Jesus. And in doing so, he forms us and makes us into uh, his purpose to serve his mission. But this idea of followership is not introduced in the New Testament. In fact, following God is an, an entirely biblical reality, also rooted in, in the Old Testament. And when I think about that, I want us to be reminded that life is not about leadership. Life is not about personal development. But life is designed for all humankind to follow God. So today, as you listen in on your discipleship coach, as we think about providing something practical to you to apply as you pursue Christ, we're talking about what it means to follow the leader. So we are moving past ourself and putting the focus on becoming better ourselves, and we're focusing on following our God. When I think about the Old Testament, I mentioned that. I think about David, who is an Old Testament hero. And, and the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. What's so unique about David is not really unique at all. And here's what I mean. David committed some egregious sins, some grievous sins. He, he really made some mistakes that some of you can identify with. I'm not going to unpack all of those today. But, but David, who sinned, did something after that. And, and he modeled for us true repentance. See, every one of us sins, but we must follow this model that David provided for us to repent of our sins. And David was such a follower of God that he is attributed as someone who is a man after God's own heart. And I want to share with you just a brief bit about David. And I'm going to do this from Psalm chapter 78, verse 72 
or 70 through 72. Listen to what it says. He chose David as his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing ewes, and brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. So God illustrates the spiritual purpose with David of moving David from shepherding sheep to shepherding people, from caring for literal animals from sheep to caring for people. So God designed David with these earthly skills that prepared David as a leader, but he designed David with these earthly skills. Part of God's plan for David's life is that David would, David would be a servant to all. So David was not just climbing a ladder of, of professional success. He was climbing his pursuits of God to become a servant. And so this is an example. David's story is an example to each of us. The idea is to move from humility to being exalted. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? Our strive is not to be exalted. Our strive is the humility. But the Bible teaches us that in due time, in our humility, God would raise us up. When he wants to raise us up to promote himself and his glory, he would do that. In fact, James chapter 4 captures some profound advice. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. That's our action. That's our part. God's part is the second half of that verse. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you from a lower position to a higher one. So when I think about David moving from shepherding sheep to shepherding people, it's this idea of following God and God makes makes us like he made David for purpose. And, and Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You know what that tells me? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Christianity is a following. That's what Christianity is about. It's about following, following Jesus. And being a follower implies action. See, I want to be super clear, and I'm a discipleship coach. I'm a leader. I have degrees like many of you listening. But the goal of Christianity is not to make everyone a leader. The goal of Christianity is to make everyone a follower. This is our goal. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. So if we want someone to truly be uh, at the peak of their potential, it's not about what we achieve on our own or what others form. It's about allowing themselves to be made by God. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. I will shape you like a, like a, a potter forms pots and clay. I will make you. I will form you. I will shape you. I will anoint you for spiritual purposes. And what I love about this is Jesus' words, follow me, follow me, and I will make you. I will form you. I will shape you, and I will make you fishers of men. So he, he said, your practice of fishing for fish to his disciples, I'll make you fish for people. To David, your practice of, of shepherding sheep, I'll help you shepherd people. So where you are and what you practice, God will form and shape you for his purpose and his glory. And we learn to do this, to humble ourselves and follow Jesus instead of pursuing our own desires. And we know that God will empower us for higher purpose. I want you to stick around for the second half of the show, and we're going to continue to unpack what it looks like to be a follower 
of Jesus. So we're thinking about this. The goal of Christianity is not necessarily to make everyone a leader. The goal of Christianity, however, is to make everyone a follower. So stay tuned on the second half of the show. We're going to talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Thank you for staying tuned today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And today, in this episode, we're talking about following Jesus. So I would call this episode, Follow the Leader. So all of you kindergarten line leaders, listen up. And let's be reminded that Christianity is not within the goal of making every person a leader, but Christianity has the goal to make every person a follower, a follower of Jesus. So when I think about becoming a follower of Jesus, I have one simple question today. How can I follow Jesus? So as you listen today, I hope that you're inspired to have a perspective to develop followers of Jesus, not just leaders, but followers of Jesus. That's the goal. But maybe today you want to know, how can I help others follow Jesus? Or maybe as you listen, you might have the question, how can I follow Jesus? So we'll take that perspective and try to answer that question. So I don't know if you're hearing this live or if you have your Bible or if you want to listen to this later on our podcast, you can open up your Bible. And I want to unpack for you some thoughts from Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read verses 24 through 28 as we answer the question, how can I follow Jesus? Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So in this passage, I want to consider the question, how can I follow Jesus? So I want to pull out some truth from this passage today as I think about some discipleship thoughts to help you uh, bolster your followership of Jesus. In this passage, Jesus said that if anyone would come after me, I think there's two thoughts there that to be a follower, we must first come. You know, it's true that Jesus meets us at our point of need. It's true that Jesus knows where we are and what we're doing. And, you know, I mean, God created us. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. He knows what's on our mind. He knows where we're tempted. He knows where we follow him. But this idea of following is not about receiving God in his pursuit of us, 
but it's about being someone that pursues God. If we want to follow Jesus, there's a coming that is involved. There's not a sitting or a watching or a waiting. Jesus said, come. And he said, come after me. We must come and come after God. The idea of being a follower of Jesus is that we would come after or pursue the truth of God and his word. So you ask the question, I mean, that sounds great, and I can read this, and and I see that it says, come after me. But the question is, how do we do that? How is it that as a believer, we can come after Jesus, or we can come after God? Here are some thoughts. The first thing we must do when we come after God is to deny ourselves. Now, if you're listening in today, you're thinking, I might turn this off. You're telling me to deny myself. I'm listening to this 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 uh, radio program today or this podcast so I can be built up. What do you mean, deny yourself? And here's what I'm going to say, because I'm not here just to make you a leader. I'm here to hopefully develop you to become a passionate follower of Jesus. And that includes denying yourself. In other words, we take our own goals in life, we take our personal agendas and our purposes, and we submit them to God. We exchange our own pursuits so we can fulfill God's purpose. Really, there's a, that's the choice. Am I living life to fulfill my own dreams and purposes, or am I living life to fulfill God's purpose? So denying yourself is, is a, an exchangement. It's exchanging your personal satisfaction for the goals that you have in your life to re, so you can be someone that pursues the goals that God has. And, and I would boil it down in this one statement. It's making life not about me, but about God. So denying yourself is saying God's will is more important than my own. Now I want to take this a little deeper. Not next, but deeper. The Bible says here in this passage that if we deny ourselves, we Jesus said we take up our cross and follow him. You know, some people talk about taking up your cross as a call to suffer. And that might be included in this, but it means more than that. Jesus, we know, exemplified carrying a cross when he literally physically carried his cross to Golgotha. And he prayed a prayer, not my will, but yours be done. And this example is the idea of what it means to pick up your cross. Not my will, like Jesus said, but yours be done. So taking up your cross is actually a deeper description of denying yourself. And so this idea of the cross means that you die to yourself. To pick up your cross is to say, my perspective, my thoughts, my desires, my will, my will is less important than God's desire for my life, than God's purposes to spread the gospel. So I'm going to lay down my life like Jesus did for me. I'll lay it down and sacrifice it and follow Jesus who has all power all authority, knows everything, is everywhere at the same time. I mean, God is unbelievable. He's incredible. And so he wants to use you to fulfill his purpose. So taking up your cross moves toward choosing God's will over our own preferences. I'm going to read a sentence to you that I typed out. Taking up your cross is complete surrender and death 
to the goal of personal pursuits. I'll say it again. Taking up your cross is complete surrender and death to the goal of personal pursuit. See, taking up your cross is exchanging your own life for the context of living for the glory of God. So I hope you're enjoying this today as we're talking about followership and following because we know the Christian faith is not about just developing leaders, but about developing followers, followers of Jesus. Jesus says in the passage we're studying, for whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, life in Christ, listen to this, life in Christ comes through the death of self. Life in Christ comes through death of self. Romans chapter 6, verse 2, how can we who died to sin live in it? See, Jesus, just as Jesus died for sin, we die to our sinful selves. We die to ourselves. And just as Jesus defeated death and rose from the dead, we too are raised to new life in Christ as a result of dying to ourselves. And I'm going to keep going here. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? See, your soul is more important than your stuff. I'll say that again. Your soul is more important than your stuff. Your eternity is more important than your earthly success. I'll say that again. Your eternity is more important than your earthly success. See, life, when it boils down to it all, life is not about being better. Life is just about following Jesus. Following Jesus, denying yourself, and taking up your cross. Following Jesus, it's not a punishment to die to yourself. In fact, following Jesus is the blessing of living for God. So I hope as you listen in today and we think about this idea that the Christian faith is not about leadership development, but it's about followership development. In death to our own dreams and pursuits, it's not a punishment. In fact, following Jesus is the blessing of living for God. I hope you're inspired today as we talk about becoming a follower of Jesus. And here at Your Discipleship Coach, that's something that we do every single day is coach people forward in their faith. In fact, you might be inspired today to connect with the coach so you can become closer to Christ and have a more flourishing relationship with him. If you visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, you can complete a free, it's complimentary, coaching readiness questionnaire. You complete that questionnaire, we'll reply back to you and talk about your readiness to receive coaching. I hope you're enjoying the show today, and I hope you share this podcast with others. In fact, go ahead and share your discipleship coach on your social media page. But I want to thank you for listening today. You've been listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And what we do here is help you apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Hey, I want you to know that I am for you. And not only me, but God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening today. You've been listening to your discipleship coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.